Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, September 15th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by Cole Shelton here to break down this weekend's UFC on ESPN Plus 36, Covington Woodley card. We're going to recap this past weekend's card, UFC on ESPN Plus 35. Plus, we'll quickly go through Bellator 245 and 246, and Dana White's Contender Series preview, as well as a couple of fight announcements. But we have one hour to do a call. So, uh, you know, I want to sit here and I want to talk about how great my birthday was and stuff like that, man. But we got to get right in the show. So let's just start off with uh, the UFC card in the weekend, Cole. You know what? I, I actually thought it was a pretty good card, man. Like, there were some nice finishes, five upsets, which was good to see. It's it's always boring, Cole, when every favorite wins. It's nice to see some upsets. So to me, it was actually a, a quite a decent card. Um, definitely, there's quite a bit to talk about being cold. We just don't have time to talk about every fight in this card. So I'm going to go through them quickly here. But... Uh, Michelle Watterson defeats Angela Hill via split decision in the main event. I did score for Watterson. It was a super close fight. I thought she edged it three to two. Cool. Uh, what were your scores for that fight? I had three two Watterson in the second round. If you gave that to Watterson and made it four to one, I could like that second round to me. Like I saw people complaining about people's four one scorecards, but right. round two is so close. Where if you gave Watterson the second, then you have her four one. So right. I, I had Watterson winning the fight. I didn't really see a case for. Angela Hill was super close. I just thought Watterson was the more like did more in the rounds to win him, but it was a really good fight. Yeah, it was a good fight. They won fight of the night. No problem with that. <clears throat> uh, again, super close fight. I was fine with the decision either way. You know, as far as the four to one card goes, yeah, it's an easy pickings for fans immediately to be like, that card's terrible. It's a close fight. But when you score fights round to round, that can happen. That's like the Munoz fight a few weeks ago, Cole, where I had the four to one scorecard. Everyone's saying I'm an idiot, but really, that's how MMA scored. It's round by round. And a lot of people, you know, they'll try to tie it up after four rounds. If it's a close fourth round, they'll try to give it to the, the guy losing or whatever. In my opinion, it's just, you know, who won the round? So I thought that Watterson won three, and I thought Hill won two, but super close, good fight. And, uh, you know, they'll both be in the top 15 for quite a while, I think. You know, Hill's 35, Cole, but she's actually, I think, getting better with age, which is good to see. And Watterson's super underrated, as always. Uh, Coming event, we had Azatar defeat uh, Kama Worthy. Nice knockout. He wins a bonus. Good to see that. Uh, big upset here is Andrea Lee loses to Roxanne Modafferi again, Cole. Two straight times she's lost to her by decision now. And so the split last time was unanimous. But Andrea Lee's just not that – she's not as good as we thought she was, Cole, quite honestly, man. Uh, a lot of us thought you know she'd be a, a title challenger. And she loses to Roxanne twice. Roxanne's a gatekeeper. You can't beat her. You're not going to be a champion in the sport. So, you know, and, Andrea Lee, she's a decent fighter. But, Cole, honestly, looking back, this line was so, so crazy when you think about it. Um, there's a couple other fights that we'll talk about quickly. There's one I really want to focus on, so I'll just get through the rest, and we'll focus on that one fight. Alan Patrick loses a clear decision to Bobby Green. He's looked great. 3-0 since the pandemic. Cole, he's looked awesome. Uh, Billy Quartillo defeats Kyle Nelson, third-round knockout. Fun fight here. Nelson looked good early. Quartillo came on strong. His, his gas tank was really good, and eight straight wins for Billy Quartillo, so he's super underrated, and he deserves a step up. Uh, big upside here is Sajara Eubanks defeats Julia Villa, plus 210 dog Cole. I didn't see the fight playing that way, man. You know what? Looking back, we didn't really know much about Avia's grappling. We just saw her striking her in her fights. We never really saw the takedown defense, and now we know that it's not that good. So, you know, unfortunately, Avia lost this fight, and I was really high on her. I still am, cool, but not as much now because she is in her 30s, and if she can't stuff a takedown from Eubanks, who's not really a big bantamweight, where is she going to go in this division? Uh, Kevin Kroom shocks the world. First-round submission over Roosevelt Roberts. Great win for Kroom, taking the fight on one-day notice. For Roberts, Cole, another loss. I mean, this guy is kind of overhyped. He might get cut. I think he definitely could be a guy that's at risk of being released because he's just not showing enough to the UFC. 
Uh, Romanov just just destroys Roki yeah. Martinez. That fight was an absolute beating. Should have been stopped in the first round, I think. Brock Weaver loses to Jalen Turner by submission. Nice to see Turner get a stoppage there by sub. Uh, Barbarina defeats Ivy in a really good fight. And then uh, Mazzo defeats Kish in a fun fight to open up the card. But the one fight, Cole, that I, I, I we got to talk about quickly here, it's definitely worth mentioning. We have a lot to talk about today, guys. That's why I'm kind of rushing through it. But we got to talk about the Ed Herman and Mike Rodriguez fight. It's super controversial. Probably one of the most controversial fights we've seen in the UFC in a long time. Basically, what happened was, you know, Mike Rodriguez was absolutely lighting up Ed Herman. And in the second round, he hit him with a knee. The referee thought it was a low blow. So he gave Ed Herman five minutes. Replays clearly showed it was a knee to the body. Herman was out. Basically, it's exactly what Dana White said. He's like, it's like you're getting knocked out and you get woken up five minutes later. That's pretty much what happened. Herman took the full five minutes. I don't blame Ed Herman. He did a veteran move there. He came back to win, but there's the crazy thing. He came back to win in the third round. And not only did he win, Cole, it wasn't like a TKO punches where Mike Rodriguez got tired or he didn't edge out an ugly decision. He won by Kimura. We don't see Kimuras these days. So to me, it was a crazy comeback. One of the craziest fights I've seen. Having said that, it really should have been a win for Mike Rodriguez. So that's one of those bad beats that happen in MMA sometimes, man. You know, Mike Rodriguez betters should have won their uh, ticket, but that's MMA. So I got to get your thoughts on this fight, Cole. Do you blame Matt Herman? Do you blame the ref? What are your thoughts on this one? Well, I don't think you can blame Matt Herman. Like the ref gave it to him. Like Ed Herman's not going to be like, oh no, that actually hit me in the stomach. I got knocked out. Like no fighter's going to say that. So he did what it, under the rules he's allowed to do if it's considered a low blow. It's all the ref fault. But I think this brings up a big question. Why can't they go to replay? Like, yep. Why can't you go to replay and be like, oh, or someone should already be watching the replay. Someone sitting near the cage and say to the ref that wasn't a low blow. Yeah. Like, no, it's, and it's confusing to me because the, during the broadcast, Mark Ryder, who honestly, he's their like expert. I don't trust his expert opinion whatsoever. Cool. Like I know he's been around the sport for a long time and he's well-respected, but how many times has they, have they brought Mark Ratner on to, to do a rule to like, uh, you know, talk about a rule and he's he was wrong. Like it's happened quite a few times. In this case, it looks like he was wrong again because he said you can only use um, the replay during fight ending sequence, which is what I believe the ref was told to. But Eric McGracken, who's a legal guy, he uh, has a website, I think it's called Combat Sports Law or something. Anyways, Eric's really good and he looked actually into the rule book and actually, Cole, they were allowed to use replay in that situation. They just didn't use it. So that's a huge problem because why do we have, okay, Cole, Look at baseball. They do replay for like any play that's controversial now. They'll they'll do a challenge. Football, they have challenges. Hockey, they even have it in hockey now. And in basketball, they even allow you to challenge fouls, which is I I was surprised when I saw that. So to me, it's a complete joke that you can't use replay because if you did, you would know that it was a knee to the body. The fight should have been a TKO finish for Mike Rodriguez. Either way, he's going to get his win bonus goal, and the UFC will treat it like a win. But it's just. On paper, Ed Herman's got this crazy Kimura win. It's so nuts, right? And if you had Rodriguez in like some parlay or something, you're probably so pissed off. Like. I know. I'm, honestly, I'm not surprised Herman won. It's just the way he won. It's very controversial. No doubt about it. Let me get some comments from Kenshiro, our boy here. Don't be late, homeboy. Kenshiro was waiting for us, man. I love that. He says, Hilt's got robbed two times in a row. Both, both their opponents look like hamburger face. I mean, listen, she's definitely be competitive. The Claudia fight, I, I scored it for Hill. Did you have it for Hill? The Claudia? No, I had it for Claudia. Yeah, I, I thought, thought she lost her pass too. Yeah, I thought I, I thought she did edge that one out, but this one I don't think so. Again, close fight, but I thought you know Watterson did it enough to win. And he says Ed Herman's a tough dude. Don't hate him the home way for finishing his opponent. I don't either. Although I did see Mike Rodriguez talking about Tal Herman. He said his toes were in the cage, which I didn't notice, and the ref obviously didn't either. He was just focused on the submission. But yeah, I mean, like, again, it was a crazy comeback. Just it sucks. There's so much controversy involved with that. 
All fair in love and war. Herman deserved a win because he survived a huge beating to get the Kimura. Yep. Kevin Scott, good morning, Kevin. They already have refs sitting outside the cage. Why not put one in the front of a monitor to help with these rules or stopping fights? I get it. Like, they want the ref in the cage to be the sole arbiter of these fights, but in a stoppage like this where it's so egregious, it is a learning experience for the sport, in my opinion. Mike Rodriguez said it's an awkward moment in the sport. I think it's a learning experience, Cole. They can use this fight as, like, if that rule – I don't – again – I'm a little confused by the rule too because I thought it was only during like a like a fighting sequence or something like that. But again, according to Eric, you know they could have used it. I think there was a rule update last year, so I'd like to see this rule more uh, set in stone, Cole. Because I, I think in, this is a perfect case where you could use instant replay. I'm really confused why we don't use replay more in MMA. Like we want the sport to be you know a top sport, Cole. You look at the top sports. What do they use, Cole? Every game now, replay. You ask baseball fans like 10 years ago, would there be replay? They would say no. Now there is like every game, there's like 10 replays. So I think for sure in MMA, we need replays. Is there anything else you want to talk about this card, Cole? No, that's all. Okay, so we'll quickly go through Bellator, and we only have a few minutes to do this, but Bellator 245, uh, kind of a – I mean, honestly, I love Bellator because it's a second spot for fighters to go and, and fight and make money, Cole, but – it's night and day between UFC and Bellator now. UFC is a far superior product these days. Bellator's product is just not as good as it once was. Um, I, Bellator is never at UFC level, but at this point, I, I I just don't. When I watch their cards, go, I don't get as excited as when I'm watching UFC card. You know, it's and I know it's it's the fighters, but it's just there's a lot more delays in Bellator. It seems like they wait a lot longer between the fights, and there's just a few other issues I have with the matchmaking and stuff. But you know, quickly going through this card, Cole Keith Lee won as Kevin Lee's brother. He picked up a decision win over Venetia Zani. Terrell Fortune, Jack May ended in an accidental groin kick, which sucked. Leslie Smith defeats Amanda Bell by decision. Alex Polizzi with an upset over Rafael Carvalho by decision. Now the next fight, Raymond Daniels defeat or uh, Peter Sinonic, no contest. This was probably one of the worst blow blows I've ever seen. Uh, the worst I've ever seen is Chris Tuxer against Gabriel Gonzaga. Cole, you should watch that fight if you haven't. UFC 102. That was really bad. Tuxer got nailed in the nuts and Gonzaga ended up winning because Tuxer took the five minutes. He's like, all right, I'm ready to go. And then Gonzaga knocked him out after. It was absolutely brutal to watch. It's unfortunate, you know, but th the thing that pisses me off about this one, Cole, is he literally landed the same technique twice. Like he didn't even care. So I'm I'm pretty upset with Raymond Daniels here. You know, for a veteran of the sport, I get he was trying to win the fight. That's his technique. He likes the spinning stuff. He should be able to land that kick properly, not on the groin twice. And Cole, these were like some of the nastiest kicks. Like you could hear it and you could hear, you could see the dude crying. And that's a glory kickboxer cool, like in tears because he was in so much pain. So any thoughts on that groin kick, Cole? That was pretty bad. Yeah, it was really bad. I mean, you could like – I've watched that replay so many times too, yeah. and I don't know why I continue to watch it. It was so bad. And like just the yelling you heard, <clears throat> especially with no fans, like it was way – like you hear everything. Uh, it was That was one of the worst ones. It's bad. Taylor Johnson, nice upset here, Cole, over Ed Ruth submission. So that's a great win. It was up a weight class, actually. Ed Ruth normally fights yeah. in the 70s. So that could have played a factor here, but I was definitely surprised by this. Cassie Gannon defeats Gab Gabby Holloway by decision. Cole, that was a close call, man. I don't know if you saw that third round. But yeah. Abby Holloway had her mounted. I thought she could have stopped the fight, but obviously ends up losing. I don't agree with those scorecards, by the way. 326. How? How? She clearly won the third round. So that's those scorecards are bad. And then finally, Phil Davis defeats Machida. I figured it'd be a really close fight, Cole. Uh, Davis, two wins over Machida now, but not impressive. So does he get a title shot? I think, I think they'll go with Corey Anderson against Vadim Nemkov. Like, 
what's so special of Davis's win here? Not nothing much, you know. Maybe he'll get one more fight and get another win, but I think they'll give it to uh, to, to Corey Anderson. Then they might want to get him a, a fight in Bellator first, and then quickly going to two forty six the next day. Uh, the uh, prelims we had Davon Franklin defeats Race Hilton, Ty Gorder defeats George Tacos, Daniel Madrid defeats Pat Casey, Kiana Diggs defeats Derek Campos, Liz Carmouche picks up a win in her Bellator debut against Deanna Bennett uh, by submission, which was good to see. Neiman Gracie defeats John Fitch. John Fitch retires from MMA, and Juan Archuleta defeats Patchy Mix uh, in a decision that uh, five went. Uh, fight went the full five rounds, and I thought Archuleta looked really good in this fight, and he clearly proved that he's the best band weight in Bellator. My question is, is he a top 15 guy in the world? He's top 10 in the world right now, but why Archuleta cool? Let me pull up a UFC ranking. He's got to be top 15, right? Like, so, for sure. Maybe not. I mean, what's the top? What's, is the 15 guy Vera? I mean, is he better than Marlon Vera? I don't know. Yeah. I'd say, I don't know. What about, I don't know. I think. Like, John Dodson's in it, right? He's better than John Dodson. No, Dodson's out of it. If oh, you put him at number 10 against Rob Font, who would you pick? I'd pick Archuleta, but, you know, Font is a good yeah. fight. He hasn't fought much lately. Jimmy you know, Rivera at 8. I think he's probably around that at range, like 6 yeah. to 9. Ooh, I think that's a little high. I mean, because you look at guys like Vera, they're beating guys in the UFC pretty good, you know. So, anyways, he's he's definitely top 15, I think, Cole. I think we've agreed with that. You know, Cole thinks possibly top 10 in the world, and it's, it's up there. He's a good fighter, man. As far as John Fitch goes, Cole, just quickly, like – where does he rank him on the top world race? He's got to be top 10 of all time, right? Yeah, he'd be up there. I know the UFC obviously didn't like him. Like Kyle, him. But <laughs> he, he was like, he, that was his first loss in like years. Like yeah, people continue to overlook him. Like he is one of the best. Like he had so many, look down his record. He has so many notable wins. I know. John Fitch is a legend, man. I mean, listen, his fighting style is boring. <clears throat> people didn't want to fight, watch him and fight in the UFC because it was boring fighting style. But look what success he had in the UFC. In his first, okay, look at this. One, two, three, four. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. He went 13 and 1 in his first 14 fights in the UFC. That's crazy. He's got some good wins. Diego Sanchez, Tiago Alves, who else? Eric Silva, Paul Daly, Jake Shields. Like, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. UFC doesn't like him. He's not a Hall of Famer, but he's like, he's just below that Hall of Fame tier, man. He's Hall of Very Good. So, you know, John Fitch, again, controversial guy now. He's he, a lot of the stuff he says is controversial and stuff, but. As far as his fighting style, it's boring. I get it, but he was effective, man. And he retires, age 42, 32, 8, 2, and 1 record. And I did think he beat Roy McDonald in that last fight. I got to yeah. say that as well. So, like you said, Cole, that was his first loss in six years. That's crazy. It's it, You're right. People were overlooking him. I'm going to go through this quickly, the comments. And Shiro says he's at work and he listens to our previous show. I'm glad to hear that. He says Bellator is moving to CBS Sports. Yep. Hopefully, uh, Belter is better at these Thursday events. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't think so. You're not beating. You're not. You're not beating Thursday night football. I'll say this. I'm glad it's on Saturdays. I hate when they go head to head because it, it forces the customer and the fans to like pick and choose, which sucks. Friday, I think, was a good spot for Belter. Thursday, I'm with you. I mean, I'd rather watch probably football to be honest with you. I mean, and I like Belter, but I'd rather watch football. So. I think Wednesday's the best day because you're not. If you have Friday night, UFC Saturday night. What eighteen the 30-year-old is going to stay in Friday and Saturday night to watch MMA both nights. Like, you're really asking for a lot. I think what, if you're going to do a weekday show on Wednesday night, you're not competing with Thursday night football. Like, And then, I don't, I don't know. I don't think Thursday's going to work. I'm kind of with you on this one, man. Honestly, like, I was thinking about Beltor the other day. I don't see them lasting forever. Like, they don't, they won't last that much longer, in my opinion. Maybe a year or two. I just can't see them lasting much. Like, who's watching Beltor, really? The, the ratings are terrible. I think it was 300,000. That's not good. Maybe this is a good move. I don't know, but we'll see. 
I'm going to get Ke um, Kevin's question here. LFA, much more exciting than Bellator. You know, you're not wrong. And you look at some of the fight fighters on LFA, I mean, most of them end up in the UFC or in Bellator. So the, I, I'm with you. He says Bellator is pretty dull. Lately, it has been. They've made a lot of changes. I almost wish that Bjorn Rebney Bellator was still around. That was actually a better version of Bellator for all the tournaments and stuff. Like, I know the fighters were big names and stuff, but at least the fights, like, meant something. A lot of these fights don't mean anything, you know? Kenshiro says Raymond Daniels should have been DQ'd. I actually agree with that. He landed the same technique twice. Like, he was clearly looking for it. Straight wager. How's it going, man? I know who you are. We talked. They adjusted the scoring criteria based on people like Fitch. You're right. They did. They didn't want guys just laying prey. You have to do damage. And Kenshiro says, Adam Cole, what's the thing called football? There's other sports than me. There is. I don't know if you saw that game last night, Cole. That was crazy. You yeah. Watched you watched that late game? Yeah. Oh, that's some bad coaching. That is some bad coaching. All right. That's it for Bellator and UFC uh, recaps. Anything else you want to talk about, Cole, quickly? Nope. nope. Okay. We're going to get to this weekend's card. Uh, and, man, it's actually a really good card. Let me set it up, Cole, and talk about it a little bit. Yeah, this is a really good. Like, Covington, what are they two years ago? as a pay-per-view main event, one of the biggest fights they could do. So get this on – I honestly think this is ESPN Plus in the States, but it's TSN here, so it doesn't really matter. But – that's a great fight. Cerrone, Nico Price, great fight. Let's see how good uh, Hamza Shmaev is against Gerald Mearshart, a really tough test. Johnny Walker, Ryan's fan should be great. Hey, yeah. Kevin, like even way down, Kevin Hall and Darren Stewart, it's a good fight. Like even one of the first couple fights, Randy Costa, Journey Newson, I know they're not huge names. That should be a really fun fight. Both of them are knockout artists. So that should be a good one. There's a lot of good fights on this card. Yeah, I'm with you. 14 fights. It's a pretty big card. And uh, we're also going to do contender series. We have 19 fights to break down, Cole, and we got. Just under 40 minutes to do this. So let's get right into it, man. We'll start with the first fight on the card. A flyweight belt between veteran Tyson Nam and UFC newcomer Jerome Rivera, who recently won on Contender Series. Actually, he was not given a contract. He ended up in the UFC anyways, Cole. They all end up this year. They're all in the UFC. Odds right now, Nam minus 165, Rivera plus 145. Give me your pick. I actually like the underdog in Jerome Rivera here. I've been pretty good at picking Tyson Nam's UFC fights. I'm 3 0. I picked him to lose uh, first two, and then I picked him to beat Zaruka. We were like the only people picking him to beat that Adeshev guy, which is crazy because that guy is not good. I just think Jerome Rivera is a lot better. I don't see Nam being able to knock Rivera out, and I think Rivera can get those takedowns, have a lot of success on the ground. We know Nam just wants to keep it on the feet. I think if Rivera can get a takedown, he'll have a lot of success. Whether he finishes Tyson Nam, I don't see it. Nam is a really durable guy. I just think Rivera's takedowns with grappling is going to be the difference. He'll be able to edge out his decision. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm also 3-0 on his fights in the UFC. Um, you know, he's older guy at 36, so that's something I don't like about him. He's a little bit older. But that, nice, man, that was a nice knockout. And, you know, the, the two losses were pretty competitive. He And he didn't get finished either. He went the full distance with younger guys. So... You know, Rivera, I didn't get impressed at all with this fight. I thought he lost that fight on Contender Series. And he's lucky he's in the UFC right now. They obviously need someone to fight Tyson there on short notice. He gets the call. He could win. I mean, you look at his record and his ground game is probably better. So if he gets the fight to the ground, he definitely has a path to victory, Cole. But Nam's takedown defense is decent. And I think if the fight stays on the feet, he's going he's gonna to pick apart Rivera and potentially knock him out, maybe. I mean, this guy's only been stopped by injury and by armbar. So... Never been stopped by strikes, but it could be the first time he does, or maybe he loses the decision. It's a close fight. Um, you know, one four, plus 145, I can see why Cole thinks there's value on the dog. There could be. I'm going to lean towards Nam really slightly, Cole, just based on the experience, quite frankly. So 
I'll take Nam by decision, but this is a close fight. And, you know, Rivera's got some physical tools. He's He's got a longer reach. He's taller. He's 25. He's 11 years younger. This is usually the kind of guy I pick. But, again, super short notice. And I wasn't impressed by his debut fight on Contender Series. So I'm going to go with Tyson Nam in this one. All right, next up, this is an interesting fight called Featherweight. Derek Minner against TJ Laramie. Right now we have TJ Laramie minus 275. Minner plus 235. Who's your pick? TJ Laramie should win. He probably should win by stoppage, whether it's like ground pound TK or submission. We see um, Derek Minner gasses out, but Derek Minner has a good first round. He had a good first round against Grant Dawson and kind of gassed out. Uh, he just gets submitted a lot and he gets finished a lot when he loses. Like he got submitted. His, all his last couple losses are submission and the one knock loss to Kevin Karoom. Laramie, I think this is a good fight for him to get his first UFC win, get it by stoppage, but. I can't bet minus two seventy five at all on TJ Laramie. I I think he's one of Canada's. He probably probably is Canada's best prospect at this point. But minus two seventy five for UFC debut. I don't see it. I think Laramie should win by stoppage. But I, there's no way. I don't really like that line at all. I'm with you on this one, man. I think the line is a little excessive. You know, TJ Laramie is definitely a good prospect. He's only twenty two. He looked really good on the Contender Series against Swain. I mean, he went through some uh, tough times in that first round, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, but came back to win uh, at the end of the round. So. He's a good fighter, but, I mean, he has lost a couple times. He's been knocked out by Morgan and TKO a few times, and, you know, he's not unbeaten both. You know, he's, he's 22, but he already has three losses, so he can be beaten. You know, Derek Minner has a lot of losses. He's got 11 losses, um, 24 wins. Here's the thing with Derek Minner, Cole, like you said, his first round, he's nuts. He's crazy in the first round. He's one of these guys that has five minutes of gas, and he goes for it in the first round. If he doesn't get the first round finish, he will get finished himself. I don't think this fight goes the distance, so actually that's the bet I'm going to recommend here, guys. The fight does not go the distance. Minus 245, Cole. That's a cash. That will win, guys. I I, I don't see this fight going the distance, Cole. I, I don't see there's any chance. Derek Minard doesn't have 15 minutes of gas. I don't know. What do, you, what do you think? I think even if you like Laramie, I wouldn't be surprised if you could get a way better number, like if you look at live betting. Because I wouldn't right. be surprised if Minard wins the first round just by going like all out. And then maybe you get Laramie as a better line live betting in between round one and two. I just can't see the fight going the distance. I mean, I, he has been a few times the distance in his career, yeah. three or four times, but that's out of like 40 fights or whatever. This guy doesn't go the distance. And Laramie is mostly, uh, I mean, he has some decisions too, but he can finish guys. So I think it's Laramie by stoppage. You got to watch out for that first round, but second or third round stoppage, he'll win this fight in my opinion. But like I said, I like that prop guys. Fight doesn't go the distance. Minus 245. I'd rather bet on that than Laramie just because – if Mayer does win the first round, if he wins in the first round by stoppage, you get your money. All right, next up, Bantamweight belt. Andre Ewell against Erwin Rivera. Interesting fights. Right now, Ewell minus 210, Rivera plus 175. Who's your pick? I have Andre Ewell. I'm just not too impressed with Erwin Rivera. I know we got a win that was against uh, Ali Alkazi, so that was a really close fight. A lot of people thought Alkazi won. Lost Gia Chikazi in his UFC 8 debut, which starts our notice. I just think Andre was a much better fight. I don't really get the matchmaking. I talked about it. He didn't really understand it. I know the loss. I uh, beat Jonathan Martinez. Really controversial whether or not he beat that. But he has to, like, he beat Hen Bernal, beat Anderson Dos Santos. His only losses in the UFC are Marlon Vera and Nathaniel Wood, or in my opinion, way better than Rivera. Who all has, I think, it's a seven or eight inch reach advantage. I just see him using that, just jabbing Rivera, not letting Rivera get inside, just really outpointing Rivera to a decision win. Rivera's a tough guy. I can't see Ewell getting a stoppage win. Ewell gets a lot of his wins by decision. And we saw in that uh, Chikadazi fight that Rivera can take a beat and keep walking forward. But I just think Ewell's jab in that reach is going to be way too much, and he'll just edge out a decision. 
Yeah, I'm with you on this. I mean, you will, I think it should be better than he is because you look at that physical frame, that 5'8", 75-inch reach for this division. He should be like a top 15 guy. He's not. He's lost a few times. And let's be honest, he probably should have lost – well, he should, probably should have lost that last fight goal against Martinez. But overall, I mean, I, there's some things to like about him for sure. I mean, the guy's got a pretty good ground game. And uh, like you said, he, he's got a pretty good jab when he uses it. He has been finished a couple times on the ground, so he can he can get stopped. But Rivera's not really a guy that, in my opinion, like finishes guys like that. Um, I kind of feel like uh, you're right about the way this fight's going to play out, Cole. I think Ewell just kind of uses his reach and distance and wins a decision. The odds are a little long at minus 210 because I expect a pretty competitive fight, but I do believe he'll win. So my pick is going to be Ewell by decision. Prop on that's minus 115. I mean, that's pretty good odds. I don't see him finishing the fight, but maybe. But either way, I, I don't mind that prop either if you want to take a look at that. All right, next up, Randy Costa against Journey Newsom in a bantamweight bout. Right now, close odds. Newsom minus 140, Costa plus 120. Who's your pick? I like Randy Costa. I think it's, they're really, to me, they're both knockout artists. I just think Costa hits harder, and I think he can land that punch on Journey Newsom. I don't see this fight last very long. Like I wouldn't be surprised if it goes first, maybe into the second round. I think it's going to come down to who lands the bigger punch first. I just like Costa's power a bit more. Uh, plus money, really like it, but it, to me, I think one of the better bets for Randy Costa is Costa inside the distance is plus 229, which I don't see him winning a decision. I think the only way he wins this fight is if he knocks Journey Newsom out. If you give me plus 230 on Randy Costa inside the distance, I really like that number. I think Journey Newsom has a great chance of winning this fight. I just think Costa's going to be able to land that knockout punch, but 230, I am surprised that number's that, like that for Costa inside the distance. I'm pretty much exactly with you on this one, Cole. It's a close fight, but I kind of lean towards Costa too as a dog, especially. I kind of feel like he should be favored, Cole. I've been pretty high in Newsom a little, uh, and I know he should have won that fight, the last one. It was overturned because he tested positive for weed. But uh, Costa is underrated, man. You know, he's 5-1, and one, and he looked good against Boston Tammany. All his wins are by stoppage, Cole. I think Cole's on to something, guys, with this uh, prop. It's a fight I was kind of overlooking. Like, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, eh, it's not really one I want to bet on, although I do like the dog. But you look at that number, plus 229 or whatever, those are good odds, Cole. So I'm with you on that. I think there's a really good chance that wins. My pick's going to be Randy Costa by knockout. So I like the prop Cole mentioned, but uh, it's a close fight. You know, if Newsom wins, we wouldn't be surprised. Next up, women's bantamweight boat, Sarah Alper making her debut in the UFC against Jessica Rose Clark. Uh, right now, the odds have Clark minus 220, Alper plus 180. Who's your pick? I think Jessica Rose Clark's the better fighter. I think she'll be able to edge her decision win. There's no way you can bet her at that price. It's dog or pass here. Jessica Rose Clark should not be this bigger favorite. She's on a two-fight losing streak, which she lost to Penny Keynes and Jess Guy. For that beat, Patrons and Beck Rawlings, who aren't even in the UFC anymore. I'm not high on either girl. I don't think either of them are really UFC caliber. I know Albert got a win in the Contender Series. They're both coming off uh, some layoffs. Like Albert hasn't fought since August of last year. Uh, Rose Clark has a fought since November last year. I don't really like the layoffs either. I wouldn't bet this fight. Really, even if you like Alpert, I don't see, even at that plus 200 plus whatever was money, I don't even really like that. I just think this is a fight you totally stay away from, but I think Rose Clark will probably enter the decision. Yeah, this is a close fight. I'm looking at the over, you know, minus 335. They're favoring it to go the distance. It probably does. Clark's tough. Alpert's pretty tough. Uh, this is definitely a tough fight to call, I think. I mean, Clark has more experience in the UFC, obviously. She has, I guess, a couple nice wins. The Paige Van Zandt win was pretty good. But uh, two straight losses, Cole. And I don't know, minus 220 for a fighter coming off two straight losses. That seems really high. Uh, it's not like Jessica Rose Clark is a champion or something. She's like a, I'd say, even below average fighter in this division, Cole. I don't think she's even ranked. 
So to me, it's very surprising to see her as a, uh, this big of a favorite. I feel like people are overlooking Alper. I mean, I know she hasn't fought in the UFC yet, but she is coming off three straight wins. The Shana Young win was a nice win. Um, the Jocelyn Edwards win in LFA, that's a good win too. She's pretty tough that she can finish fights on the ground or standing. And you look at her resume, I mean, she has a couple of decent wins like Jocelyn Jordan Lieberger. She was in the UFC. She beat her. Um, she's won five of her last six fights. I think there's a lot to like about Alper here as a dog, honestly. So, you know, some underdogs in this car are going to win, Cole. I'll take a shot on the dog here. I'm going to take Sarah Alper. I think she went, grinds out a decision. I think she makes it a dirty fight, pushes Rose against the, the cage and and uh, Rose Clark, I should say, and, and just grinds it out. That's my pick. Now, having said that, I wouldn't go crazy on this either. Like Cole said, it's a, it's a low-level women's bandway fight. Don't go nuts on it. But it's dog or pass. I'm going to take the dog. Let's take a shot on the dog, Cole. All right, next up, we'll go to the men's flyweight division as David Dvorak takes on Jordan Espinoza. This is an awesome fight, Cole. This is a fight people are overlooking. This could be one of the best fights in the card. And right now, basically, it's it's almost a pick 'em. You got Espinoza, slight, slight favorite, minus 115 at some books, and Dvorak minus 105. That's a five dimes, which is going to go under very soon. But, you know, basically, it's a pick 'em. You're looking at the other books, it's, it's very close. Who's your pick? I actually like David Dvorak here. I think he can honestly even submit Jordan Espinosa. Espinosa's uh, got back in the one column over Mark Del Rosa, who isn't UFC caliber at all. Before that, first round submission losses, both uh, triangle jokes with Alex Perez and Matt Schnell. David Dvorak, if you look at what he was doing before the UFC, he was finishing everyone, knocking them out or submitting them. I think if Dvorak can get this fight down to the ground, he'll be able to submit Jordan Espinosa. I'm not sold on Espinosa as a fighter. I know he looked really good in that last one, but again, that's Mark Delarosa, who's not really of caliber. I expect Dvorak to get Espinosa down to the ground, but I expect him to submit him here. Whether it be early on or later in the fight, I think Dvorak has what it takes to finish this fight. Yeah, this should be a good fight. I mean, this could be, honestly, a fight in the night contender because I think it's going to go probably with full three, and I think both guys will definitely show some skills in here, but I'm 100% with you. I like Dvorak, too. There's a few reasons I like him here. First off, 14-fight win streak. I mean, that's something you can't overlook. He's been winning fights consistently. He's only 28. He's a little bit younger. Espinosa's 30. like that about him, too. Um, the Bruno Silva fight was competitive, a little more competitive than you hoped for. Like, you hoped a little, it was a little more dominant. But the odds were close in that fight. It's not like he was expected to just destroy the guy. Um, you know, overall, Cole, I, I'm impressed by this dude, man. I think he's a really good fighter. Espinosa did look good in his last fight against De La Rosa. And overall, he, he's 2-2 two and two in the UFC. He's got a couple wins in Contender Series, so he's a guy that belongs in this division, the UFC. But the two losses bother me, Cole, the two stoppage losses. And, and Dvorak, like you said, does have finishing power on the ground. I'm kind of favoring a decision here, Cole, just because it is flyweight, and I think it's going to be competitive. But I, I think definitely Dvorak could stop the fight. I like Dvorak a lot. I think at minus 105, it's worth a bet, honestly. Um, pick up odds on a guy that I think should be favored. I think he should be like minus 150 in this fight, Cole. So I believe there's value on David Dvorak. I think he wins this fight. and. I probably would bet on here at this spot. I think there's value. I'm going to take this comment from Straight Wager. Rose Clark, having lived on a campground this past year and training garages, she's improving much up a weight class, upper pass, in my opinion. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on with Rose Clark. And she's definitely got the skills. Her striking is pretty good. We've, she's seen, we've seen that in the UFC. She's proven herself a couple of times. But the two straight losses, the, the layoff, I'm with you, man. Alper pass, I'm going to take the dog there. All right, cool. Next fight is... Myro Brano Silva against Mero Romero Barella. They had to pick the two fighters with like the closest sounding names <laughs> to match them up against 125. And right now, these flyweights, Silva minus 240, Barella plus 200. Do you think a dog has a chance here? I'm shocked Barella got another fight in the UFC. I expect Silva to be able to tap her out. I, if you t to me, like 
she tapped with Jillian Robertson, which looks really impressive. Jillian Robertson was really good on the ground. And then if you look at Perella, she got tapped out by Courtney Casey. She got knocked out by Lauren Murphy. She got uh, lost to Montana Del Rosa. I think Silva should be able to submit Barella here, but there is no way I'm pe- they, uh, betting two to one on Silva, who is coming off a loss earlier in March, where she didn't look that good against Moroz. I think she's a much better fighter. This is another fate on just Barella. Uh, I don't think Barella's against caliber at this point anymore. I think Silva could get this fight down the ground, Smitter, but I wouldn't bet this fight really. Pretty much agree with everything you're saying. I think the odds are a little bit too long on Silva. It's not like she's some proven fighter, you know. She does have a, like you said, the win over Robertson. That looks good. And then lost to Moroz. It was a close fight. I think it went fight of the night. It was a really good fight. That's it. That's it. That's the only fight she has in the UFC. So, I mean, to see her as this big of a favorite here is kind of surprising. Obviously, people are fading Barilla. She's not that good. She's lost three straight fights. Two and, two and four in the UFC overall. But she does have a little bit, like, more experience. Barilla is going to have seven fights. And someone's got 20. So, like, that could come into play here. And, you know, Barella does have some wrestling. And she did take Casey down. She got tapped out with an armbar, though. That worries me. That's kind of why I'm picking Sylvia here, just because I think she can submit Barella. Barella's submission defense is not that good as we saw in that last fight. So, that's my pick. But I think the odds are a little high for an unproven fighter. By the way, if anyone wants to throw their, their picks in and stuff like that, their bets in the comments, definitely do it. And I'll, I'll be sure to read the, their comment. All right, next up, Cole, we have a uh, men's featherweight bout. Mersad Bektich, uh, Bektich against Eduardo Garagori. And Bektich somehow is the biggest favorite in the card at minus 470, despite a losing skid, and Garagori plus 375. I'd like to hear your thoughts on the odds on this one, Cole, because I'm not so sure about this. What do you think? The odds are ridiculous. I wouldn't even, at this point, Bektich, don't even throw in your parlay if you're going to do it. He's yeah. too inconsistent. Him at, what, minus 470, someplace have him above 500, it doesn't add anything to your parlay. Like, it, I just completely stay away unless – I wouldn't even blame you to shot at Eduardo Garagori. I like Bektik here. I just think Bektik's going to be able to out-wrestle Garagori and eventually get a submission. I think this is kind of a sink or swim for Mursad Bektik. He saw that a lot of people were considering him to be a future champion. Now he's on two-fight losing streak. I actually thought he beat Dan Ige, which – I, I, Ige's fights are weird. I thought that I was in the minority with both. I thought Ige beat Barboza, but I thought he lost to Bektik, and a lot of people kind of flipped that. But yeah, but if you look who he loses to, Dan Ige, Josh Emmett, Darren Elkins, those are kind of like the top, those are top 15 guys other than Darren Elkins. But I just don't think Garagori's on that level. I don't know if he'll be able to stop Bektik's takedown. He could land a knockout shot on Bektik. I wouldn't be surprised if Garagori knocks out Bektik. I think Bektik will be able to just outgrind him with either a decision when he is in his wrestling or eventually getting a submission or ground pound win. But I, I just don't think you can bet Bektik at all. And Shiro says Bektik isn't as good as everyone thinks. He's been betting against him. So have I. Uh, Bektik hasn't been relevant in like five years. Uh, he was a really hyped up prospect. A lot of people were saying this guy's going to be a future contender. I remember my boy Patrick Wyman was like really high on him. Uh, Pat's not really covering the sport anymore. He's doing other stuff, but I remember he was super high in him. And at the time I was too, I mean, that fight with Paul Redman was an absolute beating. I remember that fight. That was like such a beating and he had some nice wins, Cole, but that Elkins fight changed his whole career. He was dominating that fight by the way. And then yeah. third round got so tired and just gets kicked in the head. It has not been the same since the last two fights. Yeah. The Ege fight was competitive. I thought he lost, but uh, the Emmett fight, man, seeing it knocked out like that was brutal to watch. And the Lamas fight, Lamas was at the end of his career, and he barely got by Ricardo Lamas. Cool. I have a lot of problems with uh, Mirsad Bektic. His chin, his cardio, got a lot of issues with this guy. Garagori is definitely not a proven fighter, but 
you know, the guy does have finishing power, and uh, I think he could potentially catch Bakhtich. So, you know, I, I really want to go against the grain here and just pick Irigori, but the wrestling, I think, will be the difference. Ultimately, I think Bakhtich is wrestling and, and is, is grappling. is going to be the difference. He'll grind out the fight, maybe decision, maybe ground and pound stoppage possibly, but there's no way you should bet on Mirsad Bakhtich. Do not bet on him minus 470. He might win. He might dominate. It is not worth it. I'm with Cole 100%. They'll just blindly throw in these big favorites in your parlay. Pick a few that you really like. How could you really like Bactage at this price? My picks when you back to school, I would not be surprised if Gary. If Garagori does win by knockout, I'm not going to be surprised. And I'm looking at that prop, Garagori inside distance, plus 590. I think there's a chance it could cash. We've seen a lot of upsets lately, guys. This could be another one, but uh, we'll see what happens. All right, that was the last prelim. Let's get to the main card now. Cool, great main card. I'm excited for this one. Should be great. First off, uh, opening up the card, Kevin Hall against Darren Stewart. Really fun middleweight fight. Right now we have Kevin Hall minus 250. Stewart plus 210. What do you think of those odds? Yeah, I'm surprised. I thought this would be a much closer fight, but this is a really good fight. Darren Stewart's really kind of turned his career around. Like, he started the UFC with that uh, the no contest. Then it was a decision loss to Barroso, submission loss, and submission loss to Carl Robes and uh, Julian Marquez. You could have made a case to cut him then, and then he came back. Finished wins over Eric Spicy, Charles Bird, a split over Edmund Shabazzian, which looks really good. And then wins over Vaughn Lewis and Darren Wynn. And they submitted, obviously, Makatolo. I just kind of see this fight where Kevin Holland, if he uses wrestling, he's going to have a lot of success. Darren Stewart really can't stop a takedown. We saw that with Fabinski. Uh, That's been his problem where he gets taken down a lot. If Kevin Holland sticks to his wrestling, he's going to have a lot of success in this fight. If it stays standing, it becomes a lot more competitive. And maybe Stewart can even catch Kevin Holland. I like Kevin Holland in this fight. I think he can eventually just use his wrestling, get a ground pound win or something. I think I honestly think he can finish Darren Stewart here. I'm not sure if it's going to be a submission or like a ground pound TKO win. I like Holland. I'm not sure I like him at this price. I thought this should be a this should be a much more evenly lined price. I like Holland too, man. You know, Stewart's definitely looked good at times, and the last fight surprised me how dominant he was there. Um, but Holland, man, he's something special. I think I really do. You know, that last fight was super impressive. He controlled the whole fight. I know that Buckley took the fight in short notice. I get that. He's not really a UFC guy, but the way he controlled the fight and the way he finished him in the third round was absolutely beautiful to watch. The Hernandez fight was nasty. Some of his other wins, Chichirico, Mearstrom, these are good wins, Cole, and he's dominating these guys. I know he lost to Allen. I'm really high on Allen. I think he's a future contender. And Tiago Santos, I mean, there's no shame in that loss in his debut. I, I'm super high on Kevin Hall, man. I love this guy. I think he's awesome. You know, he's, he's great to watch. And uh, he's he's fun to watch, Cole. I mean, he's always talking smack in the octagon. Like, who else does that besides the Diaz brothers, right? So, very few guys. I love watching this guy fight. You know, there's other things about him that I like, though. I mean, his, his length and reach, like 6'3", 81-inch reach, Cole. He's a big dude for 85. He's a huge guy for 170. I'd like to see him pick a weight class. He's kind of like command. He's kind of bouncing between them. I get that he wants to take fights, Cole. I'd like to see him just stick at one of the two weight classes, you know. And I get it. It's coronavirus era. And, you know, he takes the opportunities, but hopefully he can stick at weight class. Maybe middleweights for him, man. Put on a little bit more bulk and stay at this weight class, but maybe he back down. Either way, you know, I, I do like Darren Stewart. I mean, he's obviously he's a proven guy in the UFC now. He, he can finish you standing or on the ground, as we saw in the last fight. But the takedown defense bothers me, Cole. The submission defense bothers me. I like Kevin Hall. I favor Kevin Hall to win by stoppage. I think he submits him. That's how I'm looking at this fight, Cole. I think he gets the fight to the ground. He uses that underrated ground game fizz and finishes the fight, although ground and pound is certainly possible. Well, this one, Cole, Kevin Holland inside distance, plus 220. I think that cashes. You're getting huge plus money on it, too. I mean, he's, it's a 400-cent difference from the money line. So 
I would definitely look at that Kevin Holland side of the distance. But you know, if you want to play a little bit safer, definitely. Um, I think he's partly worthy, Cole. I think he wins this fight, man. Yeah. I'm very confident in winning this fight. You know, I like Stewart, but you know, to me, the Holland anything minus under minus three hundred is is pretty fair. All right, women's strawweight bout is up next. Uh, Mackenzie Dern taking on Rainer Marcos. Another interesting fight here, Cole. And right now we have Dern minus one sixty five, Marcos plus one forty five. Who'd you pick? I like Mackenzie Dern here. I just Rainer Marcos is way too inconsistent for me. But if you look at her career, she should win this fight. She has never won two in a row in the UFC. She's never lost two in a row. She's coming off a loss to Amanda Hiva. So realistically, she's one of those consistently inconsistent fighters. She loses, then she wins. So. Realistically, she should win this fight if you look at her record, but I just think Mackenzie Dern's grappling. That's where Randa Marcus has a lot of success is a grappling. She's not going to outgrapple Mackenzie Dern. Even on the feet, I'm honestly not sure if she's a better striker than Mackenzie Dern. I just like Dern a lot in this fight. Uh, the big question to me is, I just think Dern wins. The big question is, can she finish Randa Marcos? She, if it goes down to the mat, Randa, Mar Randa Marcos is really tough to finish. Look at her last loss. Amanda Hebas, Claudia Gadella, Nina Ansaroff, Alexa Grasso, all by decision. She did get tapped out by Courtney Casey. I don't know if I lean towards anything. I think Mackenzie Dern at this price is still a fair play. I think you can just play her straight at this point. I don't think you really have to go prop hunting on Mackenzie Dern, whether it be like inside the distance or decision. I think this line's fair. I think Mackenzie Dern wins this fight. I'm still not sure if she finishes it, though, or just gets a decision. I think I agree with everything you said on that one, too, Cole. I mean, we've been agreeing a lot today, but I, I'm glad to hear about this one, especially because I'm pretty confident in Dern winning this fight. I got to be honest, man. Like, I'm very high on her first off. She is a super prospect. We all know her ground game is absolutely incredible. I know she had the loss to Rebus, but you have to remember that fight was after a year-long layoff, and she just had her first child, if I'm not mistaken. So that's a tough way to come back. And it's Rebus, who now we know. I know she was a big underdog in that fight. We know Rebus now is a great fighter. So no shame in that loss. The last fight against Cyphers, um, she got this D-bar. and Obviously, her ground game is her bread and butter. She did show some holes on her striking, which bothers me. I mean, Marcos... If she can stop the takedown and keep it on the feet, she probably has the edge here, Cole, which bothers me a little bit about Dern because I don't think her striking is that great. But Marcos, so inconsistent, man. Her record in the UFC, guys, I was looking at it last night, 6-7-1. and one. That's a terrible record. That's the one you bet against, in my opinion. You know, I know, like you said, Cole, she hasn't lost two straight or won two straight, but I think she's going to have a two-fight losing skin after this fight. I like Mackenzie Dern, guys. Does, this, does she win by stoppage or decision? That's the question. I'm with Cole. I think it's hard to say. I mean, I think it can go either way. So, you know, I think in this case, you just take the money line and minus 165 if you're going to bet on her. And if you're going to pass, that's fair to you. I know some people were saying Marcos could potentially kind of stuff the takedowns and just outstrike uh, Dern, just kind of how she beat uh, Carla Sparza, which could happen. But that fight was a little while ago. And I think Dern, 27 years old, Marina Marcos is 35, Cole. I think that youth advantage is going to be huge. Give me Mackenzie Dern. I'll say she wins the decision. Marcos is very tough. Next up, this is a great fight call. 205, Johnny Walker against Ryan Spann. I mean, this is an awesome card, but this fight is it's kind of getting overlooked because some of the other fights call. This this could be a great fight. Pretty sure someone's gonna win my knockout here, by the way. Johnny Walker, minus 120, Ryan Spann plus 100. Give me your pick. Yeah, this is a really interesting fight. I talked to Walker for this one. It's kind of interesting. So he went to because of the pandemic, he couldn't go to TriStar and Trigger for us. So he went to SPG Island. And what's going to be interesting is in his corner for this fight, he's going to be Misha Serkinov because he needed a third corner and he needs someone in Vegas to just help him out with fight week, just drilling. So I guess him and Serkinov, since they probably become good friends, so he's going to be in his corner, which is really cool to see. But I think this is a fight that Johnny Walker's back in the win column. I'm really high on Ryan Spann and that Jim Ford's MA, but 
his last fight, he didn't look that good. A split over Sam Alvey. He almost got finished against Sam Alvey. Yeah. He almost got finished against Sam Alvey. Johnny Walker hits a lot harder. I think eventually he's going to land something to knock out Ryan Spann. I can't see this one going the distance. I think this is a good fight. I actually like the minus 120 line too. I think that's a pretty good price for Johnny Walker. I think he can knock out Ryan Spann here. I, I like both guys a lot. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I've met them both. They're both huge guys. I'm yeah. big. I'm six foot three, Cole. These guys power over me. Ryan Spann's six five and Johnny Walker six six. Um, I met Johnny when I was in Brazil last year. We had dinner. He was an awesome guy. Ryan Spann was on the same airplane as me with Saif. So I know how big these guys are, man. Someone's getting knocked out. There's no way this fight goes a full three rounds. I don't think. Um, someone could get submitted too, I think. But uh, it's tough, man. It's a tough one to call. Cole's way more confident in Walker than I am. I like Johnny, but, man, the last two losses really bother me, guys. Like, they really do. I mean, the Corey Anderson fight getting knocked out by a guy who doesn't really finish people is – it's one of those things. You can get caught. Anyone gets caught. I get that. But the way he lost to Krylov, he pretty much got dominated with the wrestling, which really bothers me. I don't think Krylov is a great fighter by any means. I was surprised he lost that fight. Ryan Spann, he's on a nice win streak right now, Cole. Um, he's on the eight-fight win streak. And, yes, you're right, this, the Sam Alley fight, not super impressive. But look at the wins over Lil Nog. Look at the win over Devin Clark finishing these guys. He can finish you by stoppage on the ground or on the feet, which I like about him here. I, I feel like Span's going to try to get this fight to the ground and win by submission. That's kind of how I'm, I feel like he's going to try to fight this fight. Walker's only been submitted once in his career. It won't be an easy um, method to get him to the ground. But I think if he does, he can finish this fight by stoppage. So, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of seeing a uh, stoppage from Ryan Spann a little bit, Cole. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. I, I like Spann's momentum coming into this one, but he could get finished. It's a close fight. The odds reflect that. But uh, I actually kind of favor Spann as a dog here a little bit. So my pick's Ryan Spann. And, again, I don't think this fight goes the distance. The odds on that, minus 300, Cole. I mean, obviously you have to parlay it. But I don't see this fight going full three rounds. I don't think you do either. And we'll go to quickly get some comments. Kenshiro says, let's go Kevin Hall and Young start improving. Agreed. Says Dern fought Rebus and then Kevin corrected him. No, it was at 115. But you're right. It's hard to I'll grapple Dern. Straight wager. Randis done her training in Michigan as well. Yep. Michigan top team. Border's not open. Just grinding at home. I think I saw that. That's not good. Uh, yeah. I, I think Dern wins that fight. All right. Three fights left, guys, on this card. Next up, really interesting fight. Middleweight bout. Kamzat Kamayev against Gerald Mearshard right now. The odds actually dropped gold. They were like minus 600. The opener was minus 610. So it's down a little bit now. So now minus 360. Kamzat. Plus 300, Gerald. What do you think, Cole? I still don't like the line. This is like, people are believing the hype way too much. He beat John Phillips, who can't stop a takedown for the life of him. And he beat Reese McKee, who's a 155er, taking it on like five days notice, who didn't even know who Shemaev was. <laughs> uh, um, it's definitely going to be interesting. If Shemaev's best game, his whole game plan is take you down to the ground. That's where Gerald Mearshart wants to be. He wants to be on his back. He can submit anyone off his back or even on the ground. Like, and striking wise, I don't. I think Shamayev's a better striker. He has the power where he can knock a Gerald Mirsher. Gerald Mirsher's a tough guy to finish. I know his last one, he got knocked out by Ian Heinish, but you don't really see him. Like he went in the distance, with Eric Anders, Kevin Holland. Joe uh, Santos only finished on the second round. Like he, and he, uh, Mirsher has a lot of comebacks where he starts to lose, like he gets hurt, and then he comes back and he pulls off some submission win. I think he can submit Kamzat Shamayev, but I just have to lean towards Shamayev slightly. I just, I think this is a lot closer than the odds suggest. I wouldn't even bet Shmaev at this price. I think you stay away from it. I think if you put some money on Gerald Mirshard, I don't think that's a bad bet at all. I think he has a good shot of winning this fight. I, but even uh, what's Mirshard inside the distance is 
plus 470, which isn't bad because I only think he probably submits him. I can't see him editing out a decision. I don't even see this fight going the distance. I think Shemayev's going to eventually either just ground pad TKO Jared Mearshart out, but I still don't have enough confidence in him to bet him at that price. Yeah, this is a really interesting fight. I mean, Gerald Mearshart is obviously being super underrated going into this. I'm glad the line's dropping a little bit, though. I mean, it was ridiculous at the opener. I don't blame the sports books for opening it that way. Everyone's drinking the Kool-Aid on this guy, Kamea, but I don't know, Cole. It's an interesting fight. It's tough. It's tough. I, I really thought I was going to pick Mearshart coming into this show, but the more I looked at it last night, I really looked into this fight closely. I didn't realize how big Kamea was. He's six foot two, and he has the same reach, right? So... Uh, at 75, Mearshart is at 77. He's a little a little shorter, but still, he's the same height. He's a little actually taller. So I I was a little worried about the size, but I think that he's actually going to be able to be a decent size in this fight. I'd love to see this guy just pick a weight class. And again, I think he's being overhyped, but from what I've seen of him, man, you know, if he gets this fight to the ground, I think he can just rain that ground and pound down. I'm worried about Mearshart coming off that knockout loss. Didn't look great in that fight. I actually been really good with Mearshart's fights in the UFC. I've been picking him uh, to win and lose for the most part correctly. So I'm definitely aware of how good Mearshart is, and he's super underrated. But I've got to go with Kamehameha Cole. I think he does use his wrestling, gets the fight to the ground, just kind of beats up Gerald and, and forces a referee stoppage. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. But, you know, look at the odds. I wouldn't bet on Kamehameha. I'm with Cole. I don't think it's worth it. It's dogger pass. But the more I looked at it, I think it's better probably just to save your money on this one. Next up, Cole Coming event, Don Cerrone against Eagle Price, Cowboy against Hybrid. Nico Price, minus 150. Donald Cerrone, plus 130. Give me your pick. I might be sued for this, but I'm going Donald Cerrone. I just think this is going to be like a Mike Perry fight where Cerrone's going to use his grappling. I think he's a much better grappler. He cannot stand with Nico Price. If Donald Cerrone fights this smart, he's going to have a lot of success on the ground. I think Nico Price can knock him out, but I think Cerrone can take his fight down to the ground and have a lot of success on the ground. I know he's on a lose streak, but if you look who he lost to, like, Tony Ferguson, Justin Gagey, Conor McGregor, and Anthony Pettis. And I even picked Pettis in that fight, and I thought Cerrone won. So, it really, and then Neil Price coming off the loss to Vicente Luque. He has the win over James Vick, knockout loss to Jeff Neal, beat Ted Means, lost to Abdul. When he gets a step up, he kind of loses. Like, the big step ups for him were that Vicente Luque, Al Haas, and Jeff Neal, and he just keeps on losing. I think this is another step up from what he's been fighting. I think Cerrone's grappling is going to be the difference. I think Cerrone might even be able to submit Nico Price. It's a super close fight. I wouldn't be surprised Nico Price goes out there in the first minute and knocks him out, but I like Cerrone in this one. Yeah, I actually favor Cerrone a little bit too. I do believe he should be favored. I understand that he's lost four straight fights. I get that, and people are fading him blindly here, but you look closer to those fights, Cole. The Pettis fight, super competitive. Some people thought he won. McGregor fight, he basically got hit and went down. He just took his payday. I got that. The Gaethje fight got knocked out clean. The Ferguson fight was actually decently competitive until he got his eye busted open. So it's not like he was getting completely blown out in some of these fights, except for, I guess, Gaethje and, and Connor. But the other fights was uh, were somewhat competitive. And last year, it was just last year, Cole, where he pulled off upsets over I Quinta and Hernandez. And even Mike Perry was two years ago. So Cerrone is a guy that's constantly underrated. Historically, he's been an underdog many times, and he's won many times. I love Price. Love watching this guy fight. He's awesome. He definitely could knock out Cerrone. He could finish this fight. Uh, standing and, and possibly even submit him, maybe. I mean, who knows, really? But uh, overall, uh, the guy's chin, it, it bothers me, you know? And I know Cerrone doesn't have a great chin, but prices is even worse. So I think if the fight stays standing, he could knock Cerrone. I think Cerrone could finish him too with a head kick or even a jab or a, a straight punch afterwards. And if the fight goes to the ground, he could drop him with a, a punch, take him to the ground, and finish him there. So 
You can't go crazy on Cerrone because he's on a four-fight losing streak and he's old now, 37. But I do think he should be favored in this fight based on his longevity and based on the wins he's had in his career. He should be the favorite here. Based on pure value alone, I'm taking Donald Cerrone. I think he wins by stoppage, Cole. The fight doesn't go the distance. What's the odds on that? Minus 265. That might be a good way to go. I don't see that fight going the full three. Finally, five-round main event, Colby Covington against Tyron Woodley, the grudge match at welterweight, and Colby Covington, minus 345, Woodley plus 285. Give me your pick, Cole. It's crazy about this. Is if this fight happened two years ago, it should have. It's Woodley would have been the favorite. Most people would have been picking Tyron Woodley, just the way he looked. Like, uh, the Thompson ones are impressive. There until how he beat him was impressive. Like, if he fought Covington when he fought Usman, Woodley would have been a massive favorite, uh, not a massive, like probably 175 around there, 160, just because of the way he, what he did to Darren Till. But in his last two fights, he got 50-45 in. And he, like, he hasn't won around his last 10 rounds he's fought in. And he just hasn't been able to pull the trigger against Usman and Burns. He's just been gun-shy. I do kind of believe that he's going to pull the trigger on Cole Covington in this fight, only because he doesn't like Cole Covington. So I think he will, is going to try to vanish Covington. But I wonder, I just think the pressure of Covington in the grappling is going to be able to gas out Tyron Woodley. I just don't still, I don't trust Woodley's gas tank as of late. I think Woodley's going to be searching for the knockout. He's going to throw everything in the first round or two and kind of just gas himself out. I honestly wouldn't even be surprised if Covington finishes Woodley late, like just takes him down and finishes him in the fourth, fifth round, ground and pound. I like Covington. I think he should win this fight, but I wouldn't be surprised if Woodley comes out, just guns blazing, connects on Covington. I just think Covington's chin could hold up eventually get Woodley down, ground and pound him out. Yeah, it's something interesting. I mean, Colby's coming off that knockout loss to Kamaru Usman. He hasn't fought in nine months now, and I think he broke his jaw in the fight. I mean, I, he says he didn't, but I, I'm pretty sure he at least injured himself. Who knows, man? Maybe, can he not? Can he take a shot anymore? We have no idea. His training camp's definitely different now. He's training MMA Masters. There's a lot going on with Colby Covington. Um, Woodley, obviously, he's been training with Mazadol. He's getting some good training in for this camp, and like you said, Cole, he's promising a knockout in this fight. I'm just not convinced, man. I, I, you know, Kevin's asking, is Woodley washed up uh, if he loses again? I mean, I think at this point you can argue he is now. But here's the thing: he lost to Burns and, and Usman, the two top guys. I did pick those guys to beat Woodley. He was a favorite both times. I, I, I said he's going to lose. I, I honestly, I've been, I picked against Woodley a lot of fights in his career. He, he did win a lot that I thought he lost, like the, the uh, Thompson fight. I thought he lost that fight, or. You know, the Robbie Lawler fight surprised me. I've picked against this guy a lot, but he's proven himself uh, quite a few times. I'm just not convinced at age 38 he has what it takes to hang with Covington. I think Covington, Cole, that pace, that pressure, the striking, the wrestling, it'll add up. I think he dominates this fight. I, I think, again, you know, Woodley might get shut out of the scorecards. He lost 50-44, I think, his last two fights. That might happen again here. Covington, wide decision. I'm very confident in him to win this fight. Woodley, the only way is the only chance he has to win is if he lands a knockout blow, and I don't really see that happening. So. My pick's Colby Covington. I don't love the line in minus 345, Cole. I get it. I think it's a little high, personally. But I do think he dominates this fight. All right, that's it for UFC on ESPN plus 36. We're going to have to go through contender series like really quick, Cole, like rapid fire. But let's go through it quickly. Gregory Rodriguez against Jordan Williams in a middleweight bout. Rodriguez minus 140, Williams plus 120. Just give me your pick and, and really short reasoning here. I like Jordan Williams. I like the experience. I think he should be in the UFC. I th I think he can finish Rodriguez here. It's a close one. I'm actually leaning a little bit towards Rodriguez, but it's super close for sure. Next up, Mohamed John Neymar against Colin Anglin at 145. We have Neymar minus 345, Anglin plus 285. I like Neymar. Don't like the line, but I think he gets a UFC deal. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one too. The line's a little high for an unproven guy, obviously, but uh, he probably should win this fight. 
Corey Coop against Michael Lombardo at 170. Right now we have Coop uh, or Lombardo, excuse me, plus minus 185 and Coop plus 160. Who's your pick? Uh, this is the best fight to me. I really like both guys. I just like Lombardo a bit more. I think he can get a finish. I think whoever wins this fight is getting a UFC deal. I think both of them probably belong in the UFC. And Corey Coop probably has one of the better topology pictures, by the way. I am going to pick Lombardo as well. I think he kind of grinds it out, but it could be uh, competitive for sure. Daniel Wolf against Tanisha Tennant, women's 145 fights. And right now we have Wolf minus 140, Tennant plus 120. What do you think of this fight? I mean, how long are either of them going to last in the UFC? They get in. The featherweight division could be closed by November. I like Daniel Wolf to use her boxing. She's a really experienced boxer, could have been Olympian, has a bunch of boxing world championships. If Tennant just took her down and submitted her, I would not be surprised. But I think Wolf can just use her boxing to ground out a win. Whether or not she gets a contract, I'm not too sure. Bro, I, I like Tennant. I think you have to fade Wolf. She has no fights in MMA, first off. She's 37 years old, second off. Her boxing record's not great either. I'm looking at her boxing record right now, 27 and 14. That's not great. So I know you're saying, like, she's obviously, if she keeps the fight staying, she probably can win this fight. But Tennant has MMA experience now. She was in that Invicta tournament. She has three pro fights and two exhibition fights, plus a couple amateur fights. I like Tennant here, guys. I think she wins this fight. Takes her down on the ground, beats her up. Maybe submission. I like Tennant, though. I do. And finally, Cole, last fight, talk about really quick. Kyle Driscoll against Dinas Paiva at 145. Right now we have... Uh, Driscoll minus 170, Paiva plus 150. Who's your pick? I like Driscoll, and I think he already belongs to the UFC. I think he'll get out a win and get a contract. I'm with you on this one, too. A lot of people are hyping up this Paiva guy. He's been around forever and stuff, and I get that you know, the, the guys covering the scene up there in, in uh, the Northeast of the States, they probably really like him and stuff, but cool. he's got a lot of losses, man, and I think Driscoll just a little bit more fresh. Give me Driscoll. We got to get out of here in like two minutes, but there's a few things I want to talk about really quick while we have like literally a minute. Um, Tony Ferguson, Dustin Poirier, it looks like it's going to be off. They can't come to terms. Sucks, man. It really does. Um, you know, you thought that the UFC would, would just reward Poirier after that fight with Hooker. It looks like Dan Hooker actually ended up getting the fight with Ferguson now. He's out there calling him out, saying that he's not sure if he can fight next month, but it looks like that could be the fight call. And two fight announcements that are official. Diego Ferrer against Drew Dober. And Munar Lazez against David Zawada. I'm surprised by both bookings, I, I'd be honest. You have 30 seconds, Cole. Give me your thoughts on these two fights. I'm not surprised by Ferrer Dober. I actually like that booking. It was supposed to happen before Dober fought Hernandez. And I don't get the Zawada uh, match at all. Lazez is deserves own way higher up. Yeah. And what the other fight? Oh, you sorry. Uh, you're, yeah. Sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, Lazez, I'm surprised they didn't give him someone ranked a little higher personally but he's a beast uh we saw that in his last fight he's a lot better than i thought and then the other fight is interesting I mean, dober's got that ko power pull but uh diego fur is so good he's so underrated sucks he couldn't get a top 10 guy for i know dober's top 15 but Ferrer is so good marcus what's going on man is charles Oliver an option to fight tony ferguson i don't think so i think he pulled out of the fight with uh benil darius actually benil darius was another guy i was thinking about because he's missing an opponent now i know that he's ranked below ferguson cole but he's been waiting for a top guy for a while and honestly, I think it'd be a fun fight, and it's a little bit less uh, risk getting for Tony to take that fight. So I wouldn't be surprised if they booked that, but you know, hopefully they can get the Poirier fight booked, but if money's going to be an issue, I don't know if it's going to happen. All right, that's it, guys, for today's show. Really appreciate everyone joining us. Cool. It was fun to break those fights down. Should be interesting. We have a couple of picks that are different, so the results of uh, this weekend's card should be good to see. All right, cool. Plug everything, man. Go ahead. Twitter at Cole Show 91. The show this week is Johnny Walker, Randy Cost, Andre also stories with them, fighter picks from Covington Woodley. Anything else is always on my Twitter. Awesome, man. You guys can follow me on Twitter at MMAdamMartin, podcast, MMAoddsRicker.com, uh, 
Google Podcasts, iTunes, Anchor. It's available at a lot of places, Spotify. Uh, definitely subscribe, like, you know, tell people about the podcast. We're trying to grow it, uh, the listener base. Obviously, there's a lot of podcasts to listen to, but me and Cole are just talk- here to talk about MMA, you know. So if you want to just hear an MMA podcast, join us here. Also, check me out at bjpen.com and MMARings.net. And I got to plug Thursday show. Thursday, 10 a.m., I'll be here uh, with Chris Rinney, who's an artist, and I'm going to be interviewing him and talking about his new book. So it should be really good. And obviously, I'll talk about MMA news and notes as well. That's it for today's show, guys. Have an amazing day. Cole, thanks again for joining me. Bye, guys.